Hello and welcome to this episode of a Clean Bill of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Galen Nuttall, and as always, this is the spot where I interview people who are up to amazing things, supporting and enhancing the lives of physicians, especially Canadian physicians. Now, I have a quick question before we hop on over to the episode. Have you ever wanted to work with a financial planner, pay them for their advice or a plan, but not have to buy a product from them? I got good news for you. I do that. It's called fee-based planning, where you pay for a plan that answers your top questions like, should I pay off debt or invest? Am I making the most of my corporation? How should I invest inside of my corporation? What do I need to do to be on track for retirement? And much, much more. If you want to know more and are wondering if you're a good fit for fee-based planning, head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com. That's G-A-L-E-N helpsdocs.com. Read up more about it and book a free call where you and I will talk and see if you're a good fit for fee-based planning. And now on with the show. Welcome everyone to this episode of a Clean Bill of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Galen Nuttall, and today I'm joined with by Dr. Wing Lim. Uh, Dr. Wing is, sorry, Dr. Lin is a um, family physician out of Alberta and a co-founder of Physician Empowerment. And uh, we met through some conversations we've had. And what I'll say before um, you want to add anything to that introduction is that uh, the biggest thing I get from you and the Physician Empowerment team is that you're out to enhance the lives of physicians in many ways. And today we're going to have a chance to focus on one of those ways. So uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Kaylin. Yeah, it's my honor and privilege to be on your show. (laughs) Thank you so much. No, no, I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, Yes, I mean, I'd love to talk a bit about, um, you know, we're going to be talking about um, uh, practice transformation. Love to hear a bit about that, but also for sure about the journey that you've taken so far, like to get where you are right now as a physician, to give people some insight into, you know, what makes you tick, you know, what's, what's kind of been your experience and how you're sharing it with other physicians. Sure. The, the reason we, uh, I, I named this practice transformation because there's a lot of transformation that has to happen from inside out and talk about my personal journey. I, what, People say, I love to hear your story because it was so gruesome. So, <laughs> so I graduated a long time ago. I've been in practice. Uh, this is my 30th year, actually. Um, and so, um, so when I went to med school, there was nothing about practice, anything, practice management, health economics. We got one hour, I guess, right? And, 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 and that, that, that's all, right? So when I finished my training, uh, I'm a trained family physician by trade. Um, uh, and then, I, but I do a lot of uh, senior. Now it was mostly geriatrics that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, so when I finished, um, I, I gave myself a work hour cut, a twenty hour cut per week. I thought I own my own practice now. I'm cutting my hours from 120 hours to 100 hours. So that was a lot of you would relate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everything I went to school for, I I, I did right. I I did. Um, I had a part of practice with a walk-in, walk-in 10 hours. And then before that, I go do rounds in two hospitals. I do deliveries, um, full privileges, teaching, senior homes, palliative care, uh, after hours, uh, um, psychotherapy for a couple of hours. So my wife was uh, silly enough to give up her career to help mm. build my practice. She, I have a non-medical spouse. So 16 hour, 16 plus hour days for 16 wow. months straight. Not a day off. Um, well, we got Sunday off, but you know, you got busy with calls and whatnot. So, and and I thought, well, everything I went to school for, I I did. I should feel really actualized, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, which I was. Uh, but but we were just so busy, right? Um, and then 
something got hit. My upside of my head got hit by some hardcore realities. Mm. Uh, the first one was by the end of the first fiscal year. No, yeah, the first Christmas, right? We found out that I, I practice in Alberta, so we got paid by Alberta Health. Alberta Health shuts down for about two, three weeks, and we didn't get paid. We didn't oh, wow. know that. Right? Nobody told me. Right? I was in solo practice, nobody to consult with, and uh, we we have no money to pay ourselves. So we we have some savings when we paid our staff for their wage and Christmas bonus. And that was our first Christmas. Then the next tax season, and then this hit in the head, oh, you have to pay tax. We didn't save money for tax. (laughs) So uh, my accountant says, you need to borrow some money to buy some RSP to lower your (laughs) tax bracket so you can afford the tax. (laughs) So that was the second hit on the upside. The third one was a big one. We faced eviction. So the new land, the old building uh, that I bought a practice from, that the doctor actually died and uh, the building got foreclosed. The new landlord doubled our rent. We went on on a legal battle and we lost. Long story short, November 30th, we got an eviction notice to, to vacate a clinic. Wow. And so we've, luckily we found a Royal Bank just five minutes away and we have to vacate uh, the vault and too bad there is no money in there. <laughs> so... <laughs> And but we spent our Christmas at a construction site. Me, my wife, and our uh, f- firstborn child. Wow. Yeah, he was in the car seat. That that was our first Christmas, and nobody taught me that in school. So so these are so I have the distinct privilege of getting lemons right off the gate. So no I can produce some lemonade now. <laughs> so. Wow! No, that's a, that sounds like a. Yeah, like when you said the word gruesome, that definitely hits it. Like a gruesome series of events for which you had no preparation. No, no, no. Right. And and then first kid, second kid, third, three kids later, right? You understand, right? You cannot run hundred hours a week, otherwise you end up with divorce and and, and strange kids, right? Yeah. And so so I have to learn and transform along the mm-hmm. way. Yeah, no, I mean that's an amazing certainly um a lot of learning and a lot of um, yeah, rough patches very quickly, very early on, it sounds like. And I mean, certainly, <clears throat> I mean, some of those are, are somewhat extreme, like not every doctor is going to face eviction potentially uh, in their lives, but not. <clears throat> yeah, I hope not. But what you said, even about saving for taxes or some of those nuances of like things shutting down, certainly that's common. I mean, if someone hasn't gotten good advice around that, it's like, oh, money's coming in, but you know, Taxes are no joke in Canada. It doesn't take long to send 40 to 50% of what you make off to taxes. And if you haven't prepared for that, then it can be a, a real rude awakening. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, so you've told, told, talked about the gruesome side of things. Now, what are some of the, and I, what I'm hearing is that there wasn't anyone there to kind of prepare you for these things or your solo practitioner, no one really to talk to about these things. So what are some of the things you've done to then support other physicians with what you've learned and turn around and support them? Right. So that was a long story, a long journey. I told people I went to the school of hard knocks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I got some scars <laughs> to mm-hmm. prove. And um, so, so, so just to fast forward now. Um, so uh, now I, I work in a center that we built. Uh, it was my dream, my residency dream, uh, dream mm-hmm. that got buried. And <laughs> then, uh, so, so this is one of the, it became, I didn't know, but it became one of the largest uh, practice in the province. Uh, mm. it, it, we, uh, now from solo, now I have 30 some colleagues. Uh, panel size, uh, the clinic is about 50 to 60,000 patients. In fact, about half the county is our patient. Wow. Right? So, and and so, so that's a transformation where I also, uh, the 
built a building. The building is 75,000 square foot, two story high. We've got five acres of parking. And the only parking lot bigger than us is Costco. And so, and a parking lot is full. Every day there are like 2,000 people coming through the door. Wow. And so, this is our clinic is uh, um, about one quarter of this building, right? The major tenant. The rest is like other specialists, DI, uh, which is radiology and, mm-hmm. and lab. And together, there is like 55 medical modalities. So, so. So that, that's called transformation, right? And that mm-hmm. didn't happen overnight. Didn't happen without blood, guts, and tears, <laughs> and sweat, <laughs> and trail of blood, right? Uh, and broken bones. So, so there, there, there's a lot of lessons learned. And what I aspire to do is to share my mistakes and share my lessons with people. Mm. For sure. And I mean, that's definitely amazing what you've been able to put together and build there. I mean, certainly a very different than, you know, facing eviction in a way that's completely out of your control to then, you know, obviously having built something quite impressive. Now, one of the things we talked about before we hit record, I think is very well worth mentioning where you said that um, a lot of physicians aren't necessarily inclined to um, talk about business development, practice management, like there's these topics that like you compared it to trying to get, make your kids eat some broccoli. <laughs> like they don't want to like necessarily talk about these things. And Kevin and I talked about this a bit where he said that, you know, a lot of doctors are criticized because they're like, oh, doctors don't understand the business side of what they do. And Kevin has a great angle on this, which I think is perfect, where he says, well, that's actually a testament to how much doctors love what they do in that they became physicians to serve others, to make others have a better quality of life. And they haven't really focused on the business side. But do you find that they're you know, is, is there a balance there for physicians to strike with, you know, what is the approach to practice or um, yeah, practice transformation in a way that's going to work for them? And they're going to see like, okay, maybe it does make some sense for me to focus on practice transformation in some ways, even if it's not necessarily creating a clinic or, or like having a big building, but like, where, where do you see that play out in the lives of physicians that you work with? Yeah. Now, so so I come to meet a lot of people, not just from my own uh, personal journey, but through mm-hmm. physician empowerment. We were literally talking to people, uh, our colleagues from east west coast, mm-hmm. right? So so there's a diversity of us, right? From uh, entrepreneurs like me, right? I call myself mm-hmm. a serial entrepreneur. Uh, not that I enterprise on cereal, a bowl of cereal, but I, I build <laughs> businesses. <laughs> uh, to uh, physicians that are just employees. Right, mm-hmm. like uh, think of a pathologist or a radiologist or, or academic, right? Like, so, so there's such a diversity, and and they say the newer generation really do not want to manage your practice. They don't want to own anything. Mm-hmm. They want to be free, come free, go. Right. So there's there's diversity, but nonetheless, if you're a practicing practicing physician, you have a practice, mm-hmm. right? And so, so somebody has to manage and 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 work on the mechanics of that practice. So I call it the medical practice. If nobody works on the practice side of the medicine, the medicine, the, the medical practice will not last very long, mm-hmm. right? Somebody has to do it. Either you need to do it, or you 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 delegate it to mm-hmm. a manager, yeah. right? And in my naive days, I thought, oh, my nurse, my nurse would be the manager. Well, sorry, nurses are not managers, mm-hmm. right? And the the book, and actually, I'm going to recommend a book called E Myth, uh, uh, E myth right and there's mm-hmm. an e-myth for physicians right it's from from michael gerber he's a consultant bestseller in the 80s 90s i'm, I'm dating myself i read the book uh 15 years ago probably um and and so e-myth they they talk about um 
the three circles, right? So people graduate from their school, like you and me, mm-hmm. and we become technicians, right? I, I hated that word when when I heard mm-hmm. it. So I'm not a bloody technician. I'm a physician. I'm an MD, right? And we thought because we're a technician, we're smart in our trade, that well, then we know everything about it, mm-hmm. right? There are people who actually uh, got told that, hey, you, you, you are smarter than your preceptor. You know, like you finished your long, gruesome residency, four or six years, whatever. And, and then you're smarter than your, your preceptor. Oh, one year, you're a practice, right? And the e-myth starts with a story, uh, the e-myth, the first book, not the one for physician, that Susan or whoever, who is a great baker, and, then she, and one day the family says, you should open up your own bakery. And, and Sue did, and she did. And three years later, she's wiping the floor at 7 p.m. at night, yeah. crying, sobbing. She couldn't afford the rent. Right. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) (laughs) So so we went to school and become an awesome technician. And the sooner we accept that label (laughs) as our diagnosis, the the sooner we understand that we were in for a surprise. We thought being a technician, you suddenly also know everything about being a manager, which is Mm -hmm. the other role. And the third one being the entrepreneur. So I call this the uh, the the um, multi multiple personality disorder <laughs> of the practice of a medical doctor. Yeah, way back way back there's a movie in the fifties uh, that's before my time <laughs> called Three Phases of Eve, mm-hmm. and it's a very old. That was the first time that MPD multiple personality disorder. Now there's a new name for the diagnosis came out. Right, people were so shot. Now lots of movies have these alter sure. ego things. Yeah, but yeah. as a practicing physician, we have all these alter egos. We need to negotiate, right? And the sooner we negotiate on the, on the three sides, if you only practice, you have entrepreneur, uh, the, the manage, manager side, mm-hmm. and the technician side. And each of those alter egos have prerogatives. They have their the, the taboos, the do's, don'ts, don't cross the line. And if you're it like me, I was a solo practitioner, you, you just have to have a talk. <laughs> you need money to do hypnosis to talk to the three alter egos. Mm-hmm. But in a bigger organization, in your department, in your merge, in your OR, in whatever, like where you work as a team, those tasks seem to be split. And if you don't understand where everybody's coming from, you go into for daily fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really great what you're saying. And yeah, I've heard of the Emith um, book. I haven't read it yet, but I, I appreciate that summary of sort of that concept of, of the different roles and responsibilities. And definitely, I've... Um, I mean, I'll admit that I, I'm, not, I'm not a physician, obviously, but I have taken on, like, let's say, like, I, I, I've had to learn how to delegate different things. And I think it's tough for people to delegate, right? Because, I mean, a lot of people, they see their practice or their their career as their, it's like their baby, right? And it's like, not just anyone can take care of this baby. Like, I'm the one who knows how to do it. But as you're pointing out, the inefficiency of that baker you know, sweeping and mopping floors at 7 p.m. because her friend said, you're a great baker, you'd be a great bakery owner. It's two completely different skill sets. And so, um, and then I find also, I talked to a lot of physicians where there is an element, like you've said, uh, you mentioned embracing that that um, diagnosis of technician, where I think there is an element of like, wow, I'm, I've graduated, you know, I've gotten to where I've gotten by studying so much, by knowing so much. I'm obviously very intelligent, you know, for a physician to get to that point, like obviously highly intelligent, human, highly capable person. But I find that sometimes when someone gets to that level, it can be difficult for them to feel like, oh, 
I can't do this or I shouldn't be doing this. I should delegate this. So do you see that at all as a barrier for people to, to kind of step out of that multi-personality role of like trying to take everything on? Yeah. And the longer, I would say the longer we got trained to become a technician, right? The longer we're so focused or blindfolded or pigeonholed mm. that, that everything else just go by the roadside. Mm. Right. And, and so, and there's an intrinsic danger to that. Now, mm. the worst part, the biggest danger, in my humble opinion of our colleagues, is not just that, it's the ego problem. Mm. Then they thought they, uh, right? I, I, my patients told me that they, I send them to see, refer them to some specialist, and they thought they saw a demigod, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're the greatest gift to mankind, and they got that ego, that persona. Mm. And, and uh, fine. So in, in OR, everybody tends to use somebody to sweat your eyebrow, right? When you go home, you can't expect your wife and kids to do that, right? <laughs> right. In, in the practice, mm. you, you can't expect everybody is your slave, right? Mm. Now, I got trained 30 years ago, and, and those are days that uh, one guy was throwing scalpels at nurses because they didn't listen. Like, that, that's crazy. Like, there's horror stories and how we treat each other. Uh, we came back from a conference in Mexico, and one of the OBGYN from Ontario, she's the fourth third generation, her, her kids are the fourth physicians. Oh. And she said that she's OBHR herself. She was scrubbing in with another gynecologist and she was nine months pregnant. She was contracting. And then she told her colleague, uh, the other surgeon to say, uh, she's assisting. And she said, I'm contracting. And the other, uh, the, the other gynecologist says, how often, how often does the contraction come? She said, every 10 minutes. Guess what he said? He said, great. Now you can close the surgery. I'm leaving. Whoa. And the anesthetist was shouting, somebody grab somebody, somebody else. Delivery is happening right in the OR. This is the, 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 the military yeah. eliteness that we, we, we bragged about is actually mm. very cruel. Mm-hmm. right? And, and, and we have that kind of elitism that bred into this big ego trip. And I'll say that we got very fragile ego. Whatever mm. we don't understand, A, we either don't talk about it or B, we, if you talk about, I get angry at you. There's actually mm-hmm. a Chinese idiom about this whole phenomenon, <laughs> ancient mm-hmm. Chinese wisdom. This is a true one. Whatever we don't understand, you poke, a, poke the bear and they'll lash out at you. Mm-hmm. And so, so a lot of doctors are into denial of the practice side, of the money side. I give free, way, way back um, in my practice that we're building, I give I've talks at lunch once a month about money and business mm-hmm. and and literally, whenever they hear money, somebody stood up and turned around and left. Mm-hmm. And, and that person was trying to retire for 10 years, and they could not. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just, just, just scary, right? And the other side of, of that mm-hmm. fragile ego is they call it delegation. But the delegation is actually, truth be told, is a fake one. Mm-hmm. It's called abdication. They just pass along and say, you do my job. Right, pass it to the financial planner and say, make me rich. Pass it to the accountant, make solve my tax problem. Pass it to the nurse and say, do my billing and, and make me six figure income. Hmm. And there are horror stories everywhere. I, some some of the audience lived through it. Some of those messages you are dealing with, Galen, for your clients. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so so this is a big one. Now I, I went to a lot of billing seminars, and one this is a true story, right? This is Alberta Medical Association. They, they have these guardian angels for us <laughs> um, that that look at billing and negotiate with the government, and they say this is a true story. This is a very busy surgeon, right? And and on call all the time, go to hospitals, and 
And every time they saw the patient, they just have a little, little scribble of the billing and they shove it in the left pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when the pocket is so full of billing, he gave it to the to his OR nurse and say, do the billing. Okay. And then two years later, come and gone. Uh, and and he, and somebody finally was trying to, maybe the accountant was trying to look through the billing and said, how come there's so much discrepancy, right? You, you, you're, billing, you're billing a short. And turn out that that nurse uh, asked for a raise and uh, he did not give it to her. And she said, I'll show you. Oh. So all those little scrum, scrumble up paper, she did not bill them. Wow. And two years later, it's too late to bill in Alberta now. 90 days, if you don't bill, you haven't got it. Oh wow! Delegation versus abdication. Yeah, right? so yeah, so it's kind of like the difference between you know delegating and still understanding to some extent, or still keeping your finger on the pulse versus I'm handing this off to you and I'm I'm you know I'm uh, what sort of I'm, I'm free and clear. I don't need to know what you're doing. You right, do this right. for me. Mm. Right, I have the accountant solve all your taxing issues. Well, they're supposed to, but but they don't always. Right, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and and Galen, you're the first to know that a lot of them are tax averse. Right, right. I mean, risk adverse. I risk adverse, yeah. Risk adverse, mm-hmm. right? And and so I had, I was growing in 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 my knowledge leaps and bounds. I go to any seminar, mm. I, I quest for that that knowledge, right? And ten years into the game, I went to a tech seminar and I came home. I said to my wife, "You know, maybe we should do this." And my wife said, ah, "You know, like that sounds like double dipping. Why don't we ask our accountant?" So I went to ask my accountant, his name was John or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I said, John, could we do this? Is this legal? And, and John said, yeah. And, and then I said, could we have done this 10 years ago? No. He said, yep. And I said, why didn't you tell me? And upon that, I fired him and switched to a different accountant. I outgrew my accountant. Mm-hmm. Delegation, right? Slash mm-hmm. abdication, right? Yeah. Uh, or give the money to the broker. Right, <laughs> and say invest in a stock portfolio and make me uh, like a uh, you know ultra rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And and so so uh, I have many mentors, and one of mentors is multi millionaire, and he said that anytime a salesman come to my house to ask me to invest in some some stuff, I would ask him, "Do you believe in your product?" And, and they would say, "Yeah." How much did you invest? And then he said, "I'll match you." <laughs> However much you invest in, oh, I match you. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's and it's very interesting. I mean, you you gave that specific example of an accountant being more reactive than proactive. Like, you know, oh, I got this idea. I brought it to you. Now you're going to do it. And it's certainly something I've seen. I mean, it ha- it can happen in every profession. Like even um, oh, what was I, I was working with like tradespeople a while back, and I or a realtor. And I felt like I was the one coming to the table with all the ideas. And I go, yeah, we could do that. Oh, yeah, we could do that. And I'm like, how come I'm the one who's coming up with all the ideas here? And yeah, some of those things, like you said, it's just too late to, to fix if it's been too late. Now, I did want to talk a little bit more about what you said, which is very interesting around the ego side of things. And I do know, so my dad's a physician and, uh, you know, he's told me, you know, he, he's now retired, but when he was practicing medicine and starting his practice back in the 80s, um, or going through residency, basically they were instructed, like never admit that you don't know something like never say, I don't know. Uh, because you know, your client, your patients are going to think, Oh, you don't know what you're doing. And they're going to lose, lose faith in you. But there's actually a study I read recently where it was that if, an, if a physician admitted they didn't know something, the trust factor actually increased because people no longer saw them as this demigod, actually like a fallible human. So, um, 
and I don't know if this is true because I, I'm not in it any, you know, I was pre-med for a very short, ugly period of my life and I, I gave up. But, um, you know, do you feel like there's a shift at all of, of acknowledging this, um, you know, this, 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 uh, how it doesn't work to, to put yourself up on this like demigod, you know, pedestal kind of thing. Like, is there a shift at all in medicine? Do you feel around, you know, like you said, like the, the surgeon who used to throw scalpels or the one who in, in, thought that the OBGYN should go finish up a surgery while she's having contractions. Like, I'm sure there's still smatterings of that, but I mean, is there, is there an overall improvement do you feel or? Yeah, I, I believe so. I believe, I hope in my profession, <laughs> I think we're evolving as a body, right? Mm. I think civility Mm. It's a new word that has just learned at a global leadership summit. I said, wow, what a nice term, right? We're not very civil to to ourselves or even Mm. internally or in a profession. And part of this this facade that you're strong and you know it all, right? It's Mm. tough, right? It's really tough. Like uh, when I was going through uh, internal medicine training, uh, that's part of the training, uh, the grand rounds and, and, and the chief resident would be up on every latest article and be grilling people. And, and mm-hmm. we nicknamed them the murder rounds. <laughs> Seven o'clock in the morning, you get murdered for your ignorance in public, right? You get humiliated. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the didn't, didn't need to read that, right? And, and so, so that facade, and, and now for one thing, explosion of knowledge, you cannot possibly know everything, no. right? And two, I think because of, of, uh, social media, right? People share and people talk, and, and there's more awareness of tolerance, about acceptance, right? Like we used to work 36 hours straight. When, when I was a resident, we started to, re- started to rebel, fought it down to 30 hours, and there was a huge revolution in the hospital, <laughs> right? So I think we are getting better, but mm-hmm. we still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And part of the vision of physician empowerment mm-hmm. is to allow people a safe place to take down the facade. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we, you, you don't have to act like that. Think about yeah. the burnout rates that is just so ridiculously high pre-pandemic. Yeah. Right. Right. And one of our nine speakers, uh, um, she's going to just talk about burnout and resilience, mm-hmm. right? In, in the Toronto event, mm-hmm. right? And and so so physician burnout is such a big deal. And then yeah. where do they where do they go and 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 air off and 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 just say I feel. I feel burnout. I feel stupid, right? Mm. You know, like there, there has to be a safe place, right? So at physician empowerment, we're trying mm. to allow this to happen, allow people air to feel that they, they they are understood, right? And and then to to come and and fellowship. It's like mm-hmm. fellowship of the ring, right? <laughs> right? To come yeah, and fellowship, no, sure. and 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 to empower each other. Yeah. We can learn from each other in a non-threatening way. No, that's great. Yeah, and I mean, and <clears throat> so so many things to talk about there. I mean, first off, before I forget, there's a conference coming up the third, fourth, and fifth of June. Uh, so you you alluded to one of the speakers. You are one of the speakers. I'm interviewing several of the speakers on my podcast. It's going to be an amazing conference. Uh, the lineup is quite incredible. Of physician speakers speaking about, like you said, topics like burnout, finance, um, practice transformation. Uh, so, and I'll put the link in, wherever I'm posting this. I'll put the link uh, and also a promo code you can use to get a discount. And it's also, you also have the virtual option as well. Now, um, you know, what you said about that, it reminds me of a conversation I had with a physician who, well, a couple things really. Uh, one was that she said that she, she would hear commonly said among her colleagues, lunches for the week. Like if someone stopped to have a meal, 
it was like lunches for the week. And she's like, she hears this, like in the, in the, in the, wherever, and among her colleagues, like lunches for the week where people like kind of bragging about how long it's been since they took a bathroom break and things like that. And I remember when I was, so, I mean, I, I was pre-med for a little while and I did a residence, I did a, um, an internship at a hospital in New York city. And I remember meeting residents back in like uh, 2000 or something. And I remember meeting residents and they said, we're trying to change the culture. They said, but there's this element of, we had to go through this. So do you like a hazing almost of like, we didn't have it so good. So you shouldn't have it so good either. And so this generation, which is now 20 years in practice was starting to try to change this, this culture of, of, well, we had to work, you know, for whatever many hours straight you should too, like you shouldn't have it so easy. Like it's like this badge of honor sort of thing. So definitely looking at that. And the last thing I wanted to say is around physician empowerment, creating a safe space for physicians to take down that facade and share things. Definitely. I mean, you know, we've, we've kind of had a couple of conversations. I've had a couple of conversations with different people working with physician empowerment, and I've been consistently amazed at that ability to um, open up right? And talk about the things that people are worried, talk about the things that the physicians are worried about, talk about the things that they aspire to, that in a, not every forum or people, do people feel comfortable, especially physicians, right? Feel comfortable taking down that facade and, you know, expressing that vulnerability. So I've definitely seen it firsthand where you're, you, you've obviously created a, uh, like you said, like a safe place for people to share uh, their concerns and what they're, what they're worried about. Yeah. So, and, and, I would like to say this is a a movement. Physician empowerment Mm. is a movement. We would like to truly enhance uh, our lives, right? And and so I believe that this is all saying all uh, a rising rising tide will raise all ships, right? Mm -hmm. I believe that if we are kinder to ourselves internally and amongst our peer, if we have a a more balanced life, Mm -hmm. happier life, we we would bless the world. We'll become more Mm -hmm. effective. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so, um, yeah. And, and a lot of us literally just killing ourselves by working so many hours. Yeah. And one thing, and definitely I love that, that it's a movement and that like the rising tide lifts all ships, like you're all in it together and like, it's a movement not, yeah, that's great. And it hit me. I was speaking to a physician a bit ago who had practiced in another country. She'd practiced in Australia as like at, at one point in time. And she mentioned to me how different it is. And I don't, I don't know all the nuances of why it would be different, but she did say the culture was a big thing. There wasn't this such a strong culture of self-sacrifice and of like, you know, lunches for the week. She's like, I never would have heard that down there, (laughs) you know, like a very different approach. So, I mean, it's great. Like as part of the movement that you are taking on to really, you know, shift that and to really look at that, you know, and, and, and I mean, you guys are obviously working incredibly hard um, to create that. And it's, it's resonating, I'd say, with physicians, that's for sure. Well, thank you. Now, the other side of the equation is the metrics are not st- static. They're dynamic, right? Things mm-hmm. are changing. <laughs> so there are a lot of emerging trends, and physicians are being squeezed at every direction. I'm not just talking about pandemic, right? This is oh, yeah. besides pandemic. So when you think about uh, the knowledge of medicine going right, exploding every day, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so stuff we need to learn goes up. Uh, pressure going up right now. We got yeah. guidelines, right? We got big brothers mm-hmm. watching, yeah, right. And and so, um, uh, when I had my first lawsuit, I went through, of course, CMPA that's a protective association. And and the, the lawyer who's actually a professor at, at med school that's why I picked her. <laughs> she <laughs> she came and lectured and she said, Well, you did everything right, you smell 
you know, like Rose. And but I promise you, before you finish your career, there's four more coming. <laughs> wow. And that's a long time ago, right? And so litigation, big brothers watching. Now, now we have clinical practice guideline colleges, government trying to erode into the power of, of yeah. we have this struggle in Alberta, right? The government's threat, health ministers threatening the college to succumb to its power, right? And, mm. and say, if you don't follow, I can dissolve you and and you can jump in bed in, with another college and merge the two to be one. Like the, our college was so scared about uh, some of these things happening. Mm. And I heard from some insiders news. And, and so the government says, yeah, we can take, take you over, right? So, so this self-regulation, our autonomy is being eroded every mm. day. And if you work for organizations like, like uh, hospitals or, mm-hmm. or, or big, and there are more and more metrics coming down, right? And the economic side is also worse. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the, 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 the cost, right? The cost of healthcare goes up, right? When I was in, when the first MRI arrived in Edmonton, <laughs> uh, a little bit of medical trivia, we had one MRI for the whole city of like 800,000 people at that time. And it was shared between animals and humans. <laughs> oh, that's now amazing. Now demand an MRI, right? Sure. So the cost of medicine just goes skyrocket. We, we're all in it. And so, and then the budget has to grow. And the government, of course, you know, with, with all this, this recession, whatever you call it, right? They have to cap the budget, right? Yeah. And, and more often than not, every province, every territory, Guess what? They wouldn't say that. Well, because your employees ask you for a race, doctors, who are you? Let's give you a race, right? Every round of negotiations, two, three years, we fought for three years out provincial association and we got a 0% increase, right? But our our overhead went up. Uh, Same with yours, all of you, right? Uh, PPE went up. Uh, We we bought through Alberta Health PPEs that are more expensive than we could get privately, like go figure right? Like a government's supposed to give it to you. They, they yeah. actually make a profit, right? And it's, it's just like, it's, it's yeah. amazing. So everything's squeezing down. Yeah. Um, taxes are, of course, going up, right? So yeah. I feel that more than ever, mm. we need to be working smart, not yeah. just working hard. Oh, man, this is, yeah, this is definitely resonating with me and what I've heard from my clients, obviously, where they say, like, you know, like you're saying, like fighting for those increases, not getting them. And then the public perception, oftentimes, you know, whether it be government or whatever is like, oh, doctors make, quote unquote, a lot of money. So we don't need to do X, Y, Z. And it happens like I've asked clients for um, uh, physician clients for uh, like reviews, like, could you review me? And they're usually pretty hesitant to review, not because I'm not doing a good job, but they're like, Galen, I really don't want my name out there. You know, like, uh, you know, oh, look at this doctor and they've now hired this guy to manage their millions, you know, and they don't have millions, but that's what they feel the perception would be. Um, and it's like, it, it's interesting. Like, you know, I've, I've seen them. They're like, Galen, you know, if anyone wants to talk to you, wants to talk to one of your clients, that's going to say good things about you, like send me, give them my cell phone. I'll talk to them, but I don't want my name out there at all. I'm already on lists of people that make X money. People think it's unfair, all these things. And so it's really, so I really love what you're saying about you know, there are all these external pressures and they seem to be getting worse in a lot of ways. Now, what I feel that this conference is a lot about and what you do at Physician Empowerment is what are the things that you can proactively do in your life to manage these and to combat these? Because they can feel very overwhelmingly external, like totally out of your control. But like, what are the things we can be doing or you can be doing to then, you know, take some control over what you can control and not not be that 
um, you know, that external feeling. Is that, would you say that's accurate or? Oh, absolutely. You're right, right on the money, uh, Galen. So I would say that um, if I want to summarize a few steps, step number one, we need to give ourselves permission. Hmm. Right? It's, it's such an odd statement. We need to give ourselves permission. Yes, you do. You do need to give yourself permission. Let's say that I'm stuck, hmm. right? I, I'm not be all and all answer to everybody. I'm not a demigod, right? Like just, just give yourself permission to say that, okay, mm-hmm. I'm stuck. I could, I, I should get some help, right? If you're in that space, even clinical burnout, right? Like need to see a, a psychologist or, or a colleague who's a psychologist. Yeah. That's permission, right? The permission is also, hey, I don't know everything. I went to school to be a technician. That's why I'm stuck. It's okay. It's yeah. not that I'm dumb, yeah. right? And two is give yourself permission to learn mm-hmm. outside of your own field, right? I, and, and I learned there are a lot of the one-liners that shape my thinking. One liner that really struck me really well to help me learn something new is we're all idiots outside of our own field. <laughs> Okay, we're all idiots yeah. outside of our own field. Look at the mirror and just say it three times loud. Yeah. Right. Mm. And it's okay. Right. So I start from scratch, like learning a new language, right? And and so so allow yourself to say, okay, I, I can embark on a new learning journey. Yeah. The third uh, thing to permission is permit yourself to apportion some of your resources, time, money, effort, headspace in a persistent quality part-time manner. To mm-hmm. learn money management, practice, all the important stuff in life, relationship management, right? How to apologize, you know, like there, how to mend really, like there's so many things. Right? Wealth is polydimensional. It's not just about money. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, so give yourself all these permissions and then you will start a new journey. That's amazing. Yeah. No, that's, that's really great. I love that. Um, you know, like you said, like outside of your field of expertise, you're, you know, admit that you don't know what you're doing outside of your field of expertise and really embrace it, you know, because I feel like a lot of people think there's something wrong. Like, you know, I will meet people, physicians who they really want to become a certified financial planner before they can make a decision around their finances. Like I do meet some that are really, they want to know as much as I know. <laughs> and I'm like, it's kind of, it's not sustainable to, to try to know everything that an expert would know. Right. But like you said, to be, uh, to delegate and not to abdicate is a part of that. So I love those three permissions. I really, uh, I love, I think that's a pretty amazing way to uh, wrap things up with this conversation. Um, before we do finish, I would love, you know, definitely uh, give a quick, you know, uh, let us know what's happening in this conference and really, um, you know, make sure that everyone really knows how amazing it's going to be. Yeah. So, so I would, yeah. So, so for those of you who could, uh, there's still time to, Grab a ticket if you're far away, uh, book, book a ticket. Or if you can't come, uh, I would strongly encourage you to go online. And uh, now I may be already preaching to the choir because you guys are dialing in to a podcast, which is a <laughs> typical way to spend an hour. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and, and so feel, feel free to, to um, plug in and reach out to us. And uh, we have programs coming up uh, that are designed by busy physicians for busy physicians. So past June, we have a bunch of uh, podcasts and series and, and yes, and, and uh, we'll, we'll be working with Galen as well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we love to have Galen to at our shows as well. So yeah. yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. I definitely, I noticed that when I registered, I could get on the email lists and get all the updates around. I know you've got a lot coming up 
the conference obviously being the big thing coming up uh, June 3rd, 4th, and 5th weekend. Um, like I said, I'll put the link here. I'll put the, I know there's still a discount code, um, at least now. I can't promise it'll be there if you wait until the last minute, but it's there as, as of the time we're recording this. And um, then a lot of things you've been talking about putting together after the conference. So it's going to be a real, real fantastic um, yeah. thing to sign up for. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate this conversation. It's given me lots of insight and I'm sure anyone listening as well. So thank you so much for joining me. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Thanks so much for having joined me on this episode of a Clean Bill of Wealth podcast. I truly appreciate you taking the time to do so. It really warms my heart to see the numbers of people listen to each episode go up. It's just a lot of fun. Feel free to scroll through the other episodes. I've interviewed a lot of really amazing people and just want to get their insights out there to Canadian physicians. If you're left wondering anything about your financial plan, whether you're making the most of your corporation, are you on track for retirement, are there more efficiencies you could be finding, feel free to head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com. That's G-A-L-E-N helpsdocs.com. You can read more about the work I do, uh, my offer of fee-based planning, which is pretty popular among medical professionals where you pay for a plan, you don't have to buy a product. Go over there, click a button, book a free call. We'll have a quick conversation and see if you're a good fit for the fee-based services. All right. Thanks so much for joining me. Take care.